0: have arrived. They snuck in the back door. <laughs> you spend your whole life doing the first few albums and then suddenly
1: everybody needs your attention. Erica much, The invention of the VJ. A flashback on the career that made them who they are today on this episode.
2: It was really, the joy of it was, it was so loosey-goosey and you could do whatever you wanted and they um, they, they really hire you for your personality. Don't worry, baby, from Lost Lowell. Before that, Criminal Mind from Gowan and UltraVox was back at the beginning with Love's Great Adventure. All of a sudden, they wanted to hang out with me more. They wanted to do more. So it was just like, oh, interesting. I just thought it was so interesting.
1: This is Erica M's Reinvention, Reinvention of the, of the VJ now here's erica m
2: hi everyone
0: i'm erica m and welcome to another fantastic episode of my reinvention of the vj podcast the very first female vj on much music now that's something that would make the canadian pop culture history books right so why is there so much misinformation about who the first woman on much really was well who do you think it was okay it wasn't Jeannie becker nope not denise donlin not Angela Dorman, and it was not me. Today's show, we're chatting with Katherine McClanahan, who owns the title, A First Female VJ on Much Music. But before we jump into our interview, if this is your first time tuning into my podcast, let me give you a little bit of background. Reinvention of the VJ is my unscripted and heartfelt conversations with the quirky and much-loved hosts that you may have grown up with watching on much music. Look, I was only at much for the, like really the first decade, but so many of the guests on the show I've never worked with. But there is one thing that we do all have in common. Each of us played a small part in Canada's most influential pop culture platform. And then we left at different times for different reasons, wanted to leave, pushed out. It doesn't matter, each of us eventually headed off on our next adventure. And it's that story of what happens after much, the reinvention, the resilience, the innovation, the luck, the struggle, and the perspective that intrigues me. Most importantly, I want you to be a part of the show. So for example, while listening to Catherine today, maybe you'll find some tidbit or some insights into what it takes to get through some tough times and to reinvent and maybe even redefine what success is. That information you can apply to your own life. And by the way, right after I finish my interview with Catherine, I'll be sharing a reinvention of the VJ phone line that we just set up. We are so important. So you can call us and tell us maybe which VJ I should interview next, or you can offer up questions to ask future guests You can feel free to reminisce about an interview or maybe something about much that really means a lot to you. And most importantly, you can give us feedback on the show because this is new for me and I just wanted to keep on getting better and better. So selfishly, this show is a blast for me. It's allowing me to reconnect with a bunch of people that I haven't seen in years, which brings me to today's guest. In 1984, Catherine McClenaghan became the first female VJ on Much Music. 36 years later, she joins me from her home in Los Angeles. Hey,
2: Catherine. Hi. (laughs) How How cool is this? I know. I know. The modern technology that we have so we can do this is wonderful. It's really great to see you. Totally. For those of us, for everybody who is uh,
0: listening Catherine and I are actually Zooming so we can look in each other's eyes and catch up. And I, the first thing that I wanted to talk to you about was how interesting it is that your name is not automatically
2: synonymous with first female VJ on Much Music. Why do you think that is? Um, I mean, I don't know how many people ask that question, um, but I think because I was only there for about five months, um, that that's why and because it was in the early stages, and I think it was 1985, not 84 when I joined. Um, And I I, I think that's why, and because you were there, you started a couple months after I did, and you were there for so much longer, so I think everybody assumes that you were the first female VJ.
0: Well, the crown belongs to you, and we're going to hear the story of, first of all, how you ended up being the first female VJ, and then ultimately, why only five months, and what have you been up to since then? You have a, a really interesting career, so let's let's start right at the beginning. You are from Ottawa. Yep. You're an actor, you're a, a singer, comedian. How did you end up in the big city of Toronto uh,
2: in front of the cameras on Much? Um, well, I lived in Toronto um, after I left Ottawa, <clears throat> and I went to uh, University of Ottawa for uh, University of Toronto. Wait a second! Ottawa. Wait a second! You went to University of Ottawa or Toronto? Both. I went for I, I went. I started off at University of Toronto because I thought I wanted to be a doctor <laughs> because I was really good in maths and sciences and physics, and um, I like to sew, so I thought I'd be a surgeon. So. Um, <clears throat> I went to uh, the University of Toronto and studied sciences my first year. And that was the first year I had never performed. And after a year of of studying, you know, math, sciences, physics, I was like, oh, my God, this is not for me. I'm, I'm a performer. I need to. So then I went to University of Ottawa and studied uh, theater. Um, but I how I wound up I wound up in Toronto, um, years later. <laughs> yes. You went back to Toronto. I went back to Toronto and lived there and, um, and I was, I was, how I wound up at much is actually, it's a great story. I was going out with, um, my boyfriend at the time was uh, vice president of CBS Records and we were in, um, we were at the MTV New Year's Eve party uh, in New York and it was New Year's Eve 1984 going into 85 and, um, and there was a bunch of people at this party. Um, that I actually knew I knew the guys in Duran Duran because a friend of mine had you know dated Simon in, in Toronto and then and I knew uh, Vitas Skarolitis was there because a friend was a tennis promoter and we met you know before in Toronto and, and there was another and, and somebody else was there and and my boyfriend at the time said he said Catherine you god you, you should do this you should be a VJ I said what's a VJ? And he goes, a video jock. He goes, I I know John Martin. And he goes, as soon as we get back, I'm going to call him. He goes, they've been looking for a year for a female VJ and you'd be perfect. And I just, oh my God, you'd be perfect. I'm like, okay. So when we got back, he called John Martin and I got my interview with John, God bless him and Nancy Oliver. And, um, they loved me and they were like, okay, now you got to meet Moses. And they gave me this whole, now, don't take anything personally and don't, don't take you know, it off. He does this. Don't even worry about it. And but just don't. And so, so they had warned me about Moses before I had my interview with him. And um, so I had my interview with Moses. Um, this is at the old Queen Street uh, location, the, the original one 99 Queen Street East. 99 Queen East. That's right. He, he kept me waiting. He kept me waiting. He came out after about 20 minutes and looked at me and went, I know you're here. And then goes back in his room and I'm just (gasps) laughing because I'd been, oh yeah, he was so rude. And um, I'm just laughing because I'd been warned. (laughs) Don't take anything personally and don't worry. So then he came out another 15 minutes later and looks at me and goes, you're just wearing that because you want a job at a rock station. And then he leaves again. And now I'm just like, oh my God. And, you know, I was tempted to leave, but then I thought, "I I would really love to pursue this and see what this is. And so I'm just going to sit here. So then he waited. He kept me waiting for almost an hour. And then he said, OK, come in. And I go in and there's nobody in there. Right. He'd just been keeping me waiting. <laughs> so we had, uh, you know, his first words to me were like, what do I need you for? Your Ottawa lawyer, father upbringing, your white. He goes, I want a, I want a French Canadian red haired Eskimo. <laughs> I said, well, good luck. I said, "You, you go and find that. You know, I said, I'm I'm in, I'm all my friends are in the music business. So I go to music events all the time and, you know, I'm funny and I'm writing comedy with my friend Joe Bodilei and I'm, you know, doing lots of things and I'm acting. And anyway, so um, we wound up, uh, we talked for about, I guess about half an hour. And then he's, he had to go to the CN tower because he was doing something uh, at the CN tower. They just started this, whatever he did back in 1985 at the CN Tower was like a big thing. And they were having this big party. And he said, um, we can continue our interview. Do you want, I'm being picked up. Do you want to come with me? And I said, okay. So I thought I'll, I'll go. And so we uh, we were taken to the CN Tower and and we went up to the, <laughs> to the big, you know, party room. And he said, you know, I've, I've got to meet some people and and I can't, I said, no, that's fine. I said, you go do your thing, have have fun, you know? And so I schmoozed for about 20, 25 minutes and uh, met some fun people and saw some friends. And then when I was, I found him when I thought after about half an hour, I thought, okay, I'm leaving. This is, you know, it's time for me to go. And so I found him and I said, he was with some people that I had just met. And I said, uh, I said, I got to get going. And the people that he was talking to, they're like, no, you can't go now. And he was like, how do you know these people? And he said, yeah, I got to go. And and he said, send me some comedy stuff. I said, I will. So I sent him some comedy stuff that I'd written. And on the bottom, I wrote hire me. And so he responded back. OK, I will. So that's how I got the job. And but he was very. He was very he was not pleasant. He was not pleasant to me. And he would, he would come in just before I would go live and say something nasty to me just before it went on the air. I, it was really interesting. And I, because I had been warned about this, I guess I didn't really, you know, it was just like water off the back. But, um, but once I got there, I mean, it was, I had so much fun. I mean, it was just such a, you know, a free for all. It really was. And guerrilla performing, you know. I'm going to go
0: back to Moses for a second. That story is fascinating. And I hear stories like that about him often. I've had my own sort of issues that are similar. It's like he is testing your mettle. He's testing to see if if you can, if you've got the balls to Mm -hmm.
2: win his approval or something. Do you, did you feel that? I felt that he I got the impression that he really wanted me to be, Oh, Moses, what would you like me to wear? How would you like me to be? How? And I wasn't going to, I wasn't having any of that. You know, I am who I am and you hire me for me. And, um, I, 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 he was just, it was, it was misogynistic and it was kind of abusive and, um, you know, I he it, it felt like he had it out for me. He actually told me, he goes, I already have my wasp, I have JD, I don't need you. So he was, he was always there was that. And I mean, I can't change who I am. <laughs> just- I'm going to disagree with you when you say
0: that you think he wanted you to be all sort of passive and you know, respond to him and do what he says. I actually disagree. I don't think that he surrounded himself with yes people at all. Because mm-hmm. when you look at the breadth of characters who worked at much, most of them were kind of mouthy and were in many ways, had personalities that were huge. Mm-hmm. And on one hand it irked him because people didn't always listen to him and do what they said. But what he did was he, he built this hotbed of talent so he put all these freaky characters together into a, an enclosed space <laughs> and put the lights on um, and said, Go and, yeah. and make something. And so, how did you use your comedic skills at your job on Much?
2: Well, you know, since everything is live, you're, it's your personality. You're just talking about what you're talking about. Um, I, I think my sense of humor is sort of an inherent part of me. So I don't know how I used it. It just would come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as as, as that, uh, being with Moses, that was just the impression that I got from mm-hmm. him. That was mm-hmm. my experience. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know whether he was just being mean to me or abusive or he didn't like me or he knew that I wasn't going to. I don't know. But it was just that was my experience with him
0: yeah Uh, i know you have a famous quote which is um everything was great except for moses i loved working there
2: yeah (laughs) he he was he was one that made it very hard Mm -hmm. because he wasn't nurturing he wasn't kind Mm -hmm. he wasn't uh he wasn't generous he wasn't anything he was just putting me down every chance he could so that to me uh, speaks volumes about him um but i was just um i just i just kind of when I when I had to deal with him, I tried to be as nice as I possibly could and not, try not to get upset with whatever he said to me, and and that worked out that worked out well for the few months that I was there. <laughs> what kind of what kind of direction did you get when
0: you started? Because really, they were inventing it when you started. Yeah. There was yeah. there was really no roadmap. Um, or or definition of what a VJ oh, was, no. there was MTV, but we were not doing the same thing
2: right. as them. So what was the direction that you got, when, like on your first day? Um, it really wasn't much. It was just like, you're going to talk. You're going to introduce these videos. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. We have a filing cabinet, that gray filing cabinet they had over in the corner. They had, you know, little articles somebody cut out from a magazine and stuck them in the file. Before computers, um, so it was just, you know, you're going to be, you know, filling in time between the videos, and so and you could do whatever you want. It was really uh, the joy of it was it was so loosey goosey, and you could do whatever you wanted. And they, you know, um, they they really would hire you for your personality because you know you're just you're throwing to to the audience, throwing about, you know, about the. Uh, you know, what, what songs are coming up, what bands are happening, What what's going on in their world.
0: And it was up to you to make
2: something of those, exactly. you know, three minutes in between yeah. the videos. Yeah. There was no direction. There was no, I mean, we, we <laughs> you know, we had our own hair, makeup, everything was just, everything was on the VJ. We mm-hmm. did everything. And um, and it was fun. It was, it was, it was, it was really fun. And I loved it. I really, I loved I love being a part of that um, crazy, uh, creative um, and uh, joyous. It really was. I mean, to work there was so much fun. And with all, and cause because uh, you were shooting live in the room where everybody's working. So there's no, you know, it's just there. The, the chaos is always there and it was fun. The phone's ringing in the background and, you know.
0: For me, just, oh. when I look back, people say, you know, what was the best part of working at Much? Definitely for me, I would say um, having the, the opportunity to interview all kinds of amazing artists. Um,
2: for you, what was the best part of your job at Much? Um, that, that was a fun one, interviewing people. I remember my first interview, they said, uh, UB40 is coming in 30 minutes. You're going to interview UB40. I was like, eh? <laughs> really? Really? So then I went to the little file cabinet and I got it out because I was nervous, like, oh, I've never done an interview before, and and I went to the file cabinet, and got out the UB forty article, and I read it, and <laughs> I mean, I love them, I love their music, and just got a little bit more. And they came, and they were so hungover. I mean, hungover, they were gray, and I would ask a question, yes, another question, no. And the person, yeah, they, they were giving one word answers. And I'm like, oh, my God. So then I just went in. Okay, so what did you do? Where, where were you last night? What were you doing? Let's talk about that. And that's when they started talking was when we, you know, let's talk about the amount of alcohol you had last night.
0: So like in, um, in the five months that you worked there, you must have picked up a lot of skills for interviewing.
2: Sure, uh, interviewing. Also, when uh, when we do the news, you know, I I did the news. You know, we had our much news every so often, and and um, yeah. So interviewing, uh, yeah, and it's just seat of the pants. I mean, you're just learning <laughs> learning as you do it live, coast to coast, which was really fun. My next uh, my next interview was George Thorogood, who was a much better interview. He would talk, and it's funny I ran into him a few months ago. <laughs> it was really funny to see him. I said, "We, I interviewed you a thousand years ago. We got a big kick out of that. What was but the yeah.
0: context for you
2: seeing him after all these years? He was at, uh, we were at um, a, 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 a restaurant a jazz place up in, uh, Be- in Bel Air, and he was uh, at the same concert that I was at. And so, the, and the owner of the place, my friend knew the owner, we were chatting. She goes, Oh, come and meet George Thorogood. And I said, oh my God, I've already met him. I'll come say hi to him. So it was really funny. Did he remember? Uh, Not really. I don't think he remembers. (laughs) No, he didn't. He didn't remember specifically that. Okay. I'm going to test
0: your memory. Oh God. There is a sort of an iconic image that keeps on popping up in my Facebook stream. I know you've seen it. It's the cover of Graffiti Magazine, taken in 1985. You and I are both in that photograph. And there's a few other people from different music television shows. I know JD was in there. I think Joel Goldberg was in that. Yeah. Um, John Major. John Major. Shirley McQueen. Shirley, do you remember that shoot and that time?
2: I do. Uh, I think (laughs) I'm going to say one of the things I remembered most because I wore the ugliest outfit in that one shot they had of me. But, um, I do remember that time. It was down at, um, Harborfront, I think. And, um, and it was really fun having everybody there. Samantha Taylor was also there and it was just really fun having all of us with, you know, just being silly and at this, you know, they picked out clothes for us to wear for this photo shoot for the, for the graffiti magazine. And, and, um, Yeah, I remember that day. I was so uncomfortable. And I look at that photo
0: and it reminds me of my discomfort being on air because I must have just started, right? Because if you were only on for five months, that must have been, I must have been on camera for like two months or something. Yeah. And I did not feel like I should have been in the photo or something because you can see that I'm kind of standing off. There's a yeah. space between me and I can't remember who I was standing beside. And it's not because I didn't like people. It was, I was so uncomfortably shy. Yeah. I am such an introvert. What about you? You're, you're the opposite, right? You're like, let me get up there and perform and let me talk it, to you.
2: Not, 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 not always. I actually had somebody, I, I had a, a psychic intuitive the other day. who goes, oh you're an introvert trapped in an extrovert's body. And I went, oh, that's an interesting way of putting it. Um, when I am up and performing and doing it, I'm fine. Before that I get really anxious. I'll get nervous. I'll get, you know, but um, it's not like I have this raging desire to be uh, on stage, which is why I don't have a huge career. Cause I've always had that kind of, I am, uh, there's part of me that is an introvert as well, mm-hmm. so it's, it's a very interesting dichotomy, shall we say? Yes, I, and I didn't know that you had that because, and that's interesting.
0: I'm an I'm a bookworm. Uh, I I really am such an introvert, and but you know, for me, being on much was really cathartic because it forced me to come out of my shell and talk to people, even when I felt like I was collapsing
2: inside. Mm. And it, it gave me sort of new muscles and new skills. Yes, for sure, for sure. And you yeah. were on for how many years? I mean, you were there. <laughs> I was on for a decade. Yeah. right. And yeah. and
0: I did it because, my God, I was so passionate about music. That's yeah. what why I was there.
2: Yes, and that was the joy of the show. I mean, that was the joy of what we were doing was that we all loved music and, you know, and it was so new to have this format to show videos and share that with uh, with everyone it was so much fun
0: even though you were only there for five months or so did you uh create friendships with anyone um that you still have today
2: you know I um yeah I mean i I, I still have a lot of friendships uh, from Toronto for sure that I'm there um I saw Mike Williams not. Too long ago, I saw him a couple of years ago when I was visiting up in Canada. Um, I, JD, and I chat on Twitter every so often, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, st- I still have a ton of friends in Toronto, and it's interesting that, that you not- still
0: speak to JD and Mike Williams and stuff, and you and I are talking here because I do think that there was there is something that we all experience that is almost hard to articulate when people say, what was it like working at much? And um, like being on the inside of something that people connect with their youth right now, that Mm -hmm. it was a moment in Canadian history or pop culture history Mm -hmm. that uh, brought us all together. And I think a lot of like, do you get people talking to you about, their memories
2: and what much means to them? I don't have that often. Um, I think, uh, I, I, I meant to say that Christopher Ward and I are very good friends and I see him more than I see anybody else from that from that time. And we've, we've I, God, I love him so much. It's been so great. And I know that he gets those kinds of questions. He'll get, um, you know, he'll get approached for that. I loved when he came, he wrote his book um is this live and we had that party a couple of years ago that was that was a lot of fun and i had i had people come up to me then and tell me that oh my god i used to watch you and that was that was nice to hear cuz you know you feel, it was so long ago and you don't think anyone remembers but but people do and they and they do want to know you know what was it like what was it like being there so tell us what
0: was it like to leave cuz i understand that it, you left and it was not
2: good oh, tell I was me so what i'm dying to know give okay, me the poop so- well i got a part in a play i got a musical called yuppies the musical and i um sort of uh, created the role of carrie um when i got cast i spoke to john and nancy to make sure that it was okay i said they're going to work around my schedule um for rehearsals and when we're up and running it's at night so it doesn't matter because we shot much in the in the in the daytime and um nancy and john gave me the okay they were like that's fine. That's fine. As long as it doesn't, you know, screw up your on-air schedule. I said, no, it won't. They have said they work work around it. I'm just
0: going to so interrupt. So John and Nancy, John Martin and Nancy Oliver yeah. ran much music. They were the producers. Uh, they were the my producers. producers.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I, I got the okay from them, got the job. And as soon as Moses found out that I was hired, he fired me. So he fired me for getting this musical. <clears throat> and so I sued him for wrongful dismissal and I won. Um, unfortunately, I hadn't been there for that long so I didn't didn't get a lot of money from it. It was just like a, it was just more the, the win. The principle, absolutely, mm-hmm. because he fired me for no reason, but he didn't want me from the beginning. So that's that's the thing with Moses. And he sent out this very nasty email that some lovely person sent me uh, from much about how, you know, this proves I wasn't a music person. And I was an actress and and it showed. And he just had all these awful things that he said about me in this little email. But how um, did you find out that he had fired you? What happened? Uh, you know what? I'm That's a good question. I think... I, I I think it must have been John or Nancy that told me um, and I was devastated. I mean, I was so hurt because I had loved it and I was getting a ton of fan mail. I was getting as much as J.D. He, he used to get the most, but I was getting as much as he was. And, you know, people, you know. It, it it just, he it was just, it's Moses' thing and he didn't want me there. And so that was it. And then after I um, sued him and won, he declared that no VJ could have a contract or a lawyer. <laughs> so. uh, that's illegal. <laughs> Aye, right. <laughs> yeah, that's going to work well. Anyway, <laughs> it was, it was, I mean, I had the most wonderful time there and it was very um, sad how it ended, but it got me... And that was probably one of the reasons that I wound up leaving Canada after a while. Like I moved to New York and, um, uh, you know, that's where I met my now husband, but my my uh, (laughs) my future and now ex-husband I met in New York. So
0: So when you moved to New York, I'm assuming you went there to audition and to find other opportunities.
2: Yes, Yes. I've, I've always I always loved New York and I loved I lived there earlier for a few months, um, like a few years earlier. And I just, I really, um, I don't know, New York was exciting and fun. And so I did, I was, I was, you know, studying theater and doing a couple of theater things, but I was Canadian. So I wasn't really allowed to work. Mm. Um, I didn't have a work permit at the time. Um, but I would audition for things. And, you know, if you got a job, you'd get a work permit, hopefully. Um, but I did, uh, I was there for, I guess, a couple of years. And um, and then I heard, actually after about a year, I heard, um, um, uh, God, I'm drawing, but Warren, Warren Cosford, who used to manage Chum uh, Radio. And he'd always wanted me to do radio when I was in Toronto. And I always said, no, 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 no. And then when I was in New York, I heard that he was managing this radio station in New York and Long Island. And they were looking for a morning radio Uh, Team host and hostess. and um, Wow, that's cool. What are the chances of that? I know. So I phoned him up. This is great. I called him up and I said, hey. I said, I hear you're looking for a morning person. He goes, yeah, you want the job? And I said, yeah. And that's how I got the job. And it took them three months. They got me a work permit. And so I worked with a, a guy named Danny Toy. And we were Danny and the cat. And it was WDRE ninety eight point seven it was a new music station, and um, I worked there for as the morning person for again, again, it's like five or six months. After three months, I was gonna get a contract and and uh, and then they they didn't really give me a contract after three months and then uh, um, and then Bill, my boyfriend, got a job out in Los Angeles, and I thought, and he wanted me to come, and I was like, okay let's do that. So we moved to LA and wound up getting married and we uh, have our two perfect children. <laughs> There's <So> more.
0: <laughs> what, what do you, um, what do your girls think about you having been on much? Like, do they know and have they seen video of you doing it? You know, they're um, teenagers now,
2: right? Oh God, they're 26 and 28. Oh. God. <laughs> I God. know it goes so fast. It okay. goes so fast. Wow. Um, I think they think it's interesting I, because they didn't um, like grow up with it or watch it. You know, they, they've seen a couple of, of things that I did on much that they think are hilarious and wonderful. Um, like what, what did they see? They saw something that it's, I think it's on YouTube. There's, there's me doing something on, I'm doing just a throw, just, Hey, I'm talking about some contest we're having and, and uh, they they just got a big kick out of that. And my hair is like, my, you know, my hair was out <laughs> here. My nickname was Fluffy because of my hair, because it was always like a foot off my head. God bless the eighties. Um, but they think, uh, you know, I think they find it slightly amusing. They don't think it's any big deal, and I'm sure that they would, unless you told them your mom was a VJ. Oh yeah, they would, you know, <laughs> they forget
0: <laughs> the line of business that you've chosen, which is to be a performer, an actor is a really hard life because mm-hmm. you are constantly putting yourself out there. You do auditions and most people get like one out of every 30 that they audition mm-hmm. for. It's shitty. Yeah. Um, how do you deal with
2: the constant rejection? Um, great question. Um, you just deal with it. For me, um I make sure that my life is happy in every other way so that it doesn't matter whether I get the job or not. Mm. My life is going to be great no matter if I get this job or not. Um, And it's just one of those things that you know that there's hundreds of people probably vying for this one job and they're looking for a very certain type. And, um, you know, that type might not be you. I think it's really important to create your own work. Um, a friend of mine and my and I created our a show two blondes don't make a right which we have several episodes up on YouTube um, We did that for a few years that was really fun and very creative and you know it didn't didn't really go anywhere and that's fine we still have it out and it's it's just something that you are you're creating and you're having fun and you're it just it, 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 it feeds that part of your soul that needs to perform and needs to be creative mm
0: mm-hmm. Is there something that much taught
2: you that uh-huh. has become part of who you are? Sure. Um, you know, one of the big lessons I got was was dealing with somebody like Moses. Um, just how to how to navigate that um, misogyny and uh, abusive tone with uh, with a male um, boss. And also, I learned that you have to be really careful, even though you're in the right like i was fired for doing a musical and and i sued him and i won but it, if i say anything negative it's not going to make me look good it's just you know you have to be really careful about how you say this i mean even now i'm talking about it and might not make me look good that i had that experience but i did have that experience and i did learn from it um also learned that um you know you can talk to anybody about anything, you know, and celebrities are just people too. They're just, you know, they get up in the morning, like we all get up in the morning. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, that's an interesting thing that um, I, I do think that that having the opportunities that we have had, which are interviewing people who are put up on a pedestal, you, I think that there is something to Um, seeing the world differently, understanding that celebrities are just regular
2: people. And that's, I think that's a really great gift. It was, it it was, it also, the other thing that ties in with this is that the, the and I'm sure you've had this too, when people come up to you and they go, oh my God, are you Catherine McLenahan? Are you Erica? And And they're so excited. And I remember, one girl, she was so, I can't remember where I was, some concert or something, she was just going off. She's like, can I touch you? And I said, yeah, knock yourself out. Don't know why you'd want to, but um, you know, and it was just, it was interesting to see that sort of adulation from people that just because you're on TV, you are sort of elevated somehow, which obviously is not true in 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 real life. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you are. You're being you're being seen by a bunch of people, but uh, that that was a very interesting thing just to have people be so enamored or excited to see you um, because of who just because you're famous or known. Um, and and it was also interesting to see people that I'd been friends with for a long time, and then when I got the much gig, they treated me very differently. Like all of a sudden they wanted to hang out with me more, they wanted to do more. So it was just like, Oh, interesting. I just thought it was so interesting. So people see you differently, react to you differently. And I, I think that is certainly something that has um, been very interesting to know and to have as, just see what human behavior is like, and you see it. So you know these people that you're interviewing, they get that, you know, a thousandfold. You know,
0: it's interesting that you've used the massage, miso- the word misogyny uh, a few times, and it, it, you know, back in the day, there wasn't a lot of talk about um, women empowerment, et cetera, et cetera. So what you and I were doing, the same job as men, I got paid less for, et cetera. Um, But I was wondering, did you feel like there were different, you played a different role than the men played at Much Music? Were you expected to be sexy and silly? um, Or were the requirements for the role the same as what the guys
2: were doing at Much I'm curious. I, I, sir, I, I would say maybe the same. I, I certainly wasn't giving any, given any direction. Um, if, if you look at what I wore, I certainly wasn't going for the, the sexy look. <laughs> I was just comfy and bright colors. Um, so, no, I, I was not given any of that kind of direction, thank God. I think right. and that, that was the joy, one of the joys that Moses did, do, just like, here, here, it's you, go do it. Be you. Just be you. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I yeah. found it really interesting in in preparation for our conversation since we hadn't spoken in 36 years, I oh. thought it would be good to sort of catch up on what Catherine right. is up to. And I saw a video that you shot uh, inviting uh, Americans who live in Canada to vote. And yes. uh, which I thought that was yes. fantastic. What I thought really, what was really interesting is you inter- introduce yourself as, hi, I'm Catherine McClanahan. You may remember me from much music. And then you went on and invited people to vote. And so it made me wonder how connected do you feel to
2: much music at even now? I don't feel very connected to much because it has been so long ago. You know, it was what, 30, 35 years ago. And, um, you know, it's still, it's just something that's there. It's a part of me that I experienced and I'm so grateful for it. And I'm really grateful for the friendships that I made and the lessons I learned and all the skills I acquired. Um, but because much doesn't really exist right now, does it? I don't think it's, does it? I, I, I don't know. (laughs) I I, I don't, I don't.
0: Not in any meaningful way.
2: Right. And I remember when we went uh, when I went for Christopher's book signing a couple of years ago, and I was surprised all these that there was still some kind of on air thing for much music, but it's but it hasn't really been um, anything that we know about, obviously if if you and I don't know about it, it's probably not happening. I don't know. Well, my kids
0: were never watched it. So in other words, it isn't resonating with the younger generation because my kids are kind of hip and they're into pop culture. But, you know, I think that, you know, YouTube and, and Snapchat and, uh, and TikTok has replaced any relevancy that much may have had.
2: Right. And also if they didn't, you know, continue being viable all the way along, it's not going to, you know, it was kind of a, a big, you know, Hey, a decade is it's amazing that it went that long and it went even further because there are all these VJs that are after you. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I felt too, when I, when I left, um, like I was never invited to any of the reunion stuff. I was never and I was just like, that sucks. You know, even if you, you know, you fired me and that's, you know, life goes on. It's not like I'm like I'm pining my life away for it. But you should invite me back for, for a reunion, which is how many 20 years later or something? I don't know. And they were like, oh, we couldn't find you. It's like bullshit. We're still friends. Yeah, <laughs> you know where I am.
0: Well, Christopher did it for all of us by bringing us together. It was October, 2016 for the launch of his book is this live. And it was, it was a pretty remarkable night where we all sort of reconvened as grownups and saw each other. I think some of us saw each other in different lights. What was that? What was that experience like for you?
2: I loved it. It was, it was really great. It was really great to see people that I had not seen in, in so long. You, you included and, um, you know it was just so nice to see everybody because i did have such a wonderful time when i worked there i just it was it holds a very special place in my heart and so it was nice to go back and support christopher and to see everybody and to have people you know remember me because i didn't think that that would happen i didn't think there'd be anybody there that would give a crap that i was there and but, um, what was and it, but like? it was what they were it was nice it was really really nice and people people remembered they're like i remember you i'm like you did so it so, was so, such a quick A quick few months. But um, yeah, I was I was grateful for that. I'm I'm really glad I I flew up for that. Before I let you go, I know that you're working on another solo show. And I want to hear a little bit about it. Um, My solo show that I'm working on is called the not so young and the breastless. And it's about my journey through breast cancer, divorce and spiritual enlightenment. And I wrote it a few years ago, um, but I was still very much traumatized by all the stuff I was going through. And now I'm finally at a place where I'm like, okay, I can do this now. So I'm in the process of rewriting it and getting all the multimedia stuff together. And I hope, I hope by next year that I can perform it. And and um, yeah, I'm, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be good. And it's, it's kind of
0: like a musical Ted talk. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with me and for reconnecting and for reminding everybody that you are the rightful owner of the Much Music Crown for First Female VJ. So if you see it in a crossword puzzle or a trivia question, it's <laughs> Catherine McClanahan right. is the right answer. Yeah. And I also like the idea that you are constantly creating your own work which is uh, important because sometimes what we love to do doesn't necessarily end up being something we are paid for. Sometimes we have to work and earn money doing things that we don't always love because we have to pay the bills. But there's nothing stopping you, Catherine, me, or anybody listening
2: from building something of their own Mm. because it's passion. I was just going to say, whatever you're passionate about, that's what you're supposed to be doing. And that's, you know, that's a joy. And I'm, and thank you for bringing that up. I really, you know, thinking back on it, I was 26 years old and I'm really, I'm very proud of myself that I sued Moses and won because he was wrong in firing me. And, and I could have just, you know, slunk down and gone, you know, well, that's too bad. Um, but I just, it was the principle of the thing. I thought you can't, you can't get away with that. You can't, first of all, treat me like shit for all these months and then fire me and, and, not get away with it we're not going to take it as twisted sister said
0: take it it was a community of music lovers who were creative passionate and just wanted to make good shit happen and um our paths crossed for a short period of time and i'm so glad that
2: um that they has, they, that, they, that our oh, worlds have collided yet again. I know, me too. It's so nice to see you, and I'm just—I'm so proud of everything that you've done and what you've done with your life and your family and your kid. I mean, it's just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's an inspiration. Thank you, Catherine. And, uh, oh, please don't stop. Listen, stop, stop.
0: I'm going—I'm I'm, <laughs> going to wrap things up and remind everybody who is watching right now that um, hopefully you enjoyed the show, that something that Catherine and I said resonated with you. Remember my awesome listener who stayed for the whole conversation. You are really the reason why I do the show. And so remember, I've set up a phone line for you to call, um, to have your voice included in reinvention of the VJ. The number is, do you have a pen or something, or like your phone or something to type it in? 833 833- 833 And if you missed it, I'll give you that number again. This reminds me of like, remember we did our RSVP show and we would always give the number 833-972-7272. So call in, share your stories, uh, suggestions who I should interview next. Maybe you met one of the on-air people in real life and you'd like to dish about that. Or maybe you remember a specific much segment that you want to talk about or You might have a burning question that you'd like me to ask any of our future guests. And you can also share feedback about this episode or any other episode. And listen, if you're uncomfortable doing a phone in uh, and you are like not the phone type of person, you can always reach me on social media. Man, I live on social media. If you want to find me, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Just type in Erica M and you'll find me. I'm also on LinkedIn. So, that wraps up another edition or episode of Reinvention of the VJ. Here's to living a life filled with music, meaning, and many reinventions.
1: Thanks for listening. Follow Erica M's Reinvention of the VJ podcast. Subscribe and follow more episodes. Click to... Reinvention of the VJ.com. Podcast produced in collaboration with Steve Anthony Productions. Editing and coordination of Flowell Communications, Inc. Copyright 2020. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.